You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's Friday, March 4th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. Educators have been experimenting with new grading systems since before the pandemic. But when everything switched to remote learning and students were having a tough time keeping up, many teachers did away with the traditional A to F grades. Some experiments included relaxing penalties for late or incomplete work and retaking exams once an understanding of the material had been established. Valerie Strauss, education reporter at The Washington Post, joins us for the hunt for a fairer grading system. Thanks for joining us, Valerie. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Wanted to talk about this interesting thing that's going on in schools with teachers across the country. Educators are starting to experiment with a more tolerant grading system. They're trying to maybe do away with the A to F letter grades. And what we saw during the pandemic was also uh, pretty interesting, too. You know, we saw the huge disruption that happened. And it was really tough just to do regular assignments, get the grading done uh, effectively. So a lot of teachers were kind of just doing like pass or fail grades, you know, different things. They were experimenting with a lot of stuff. But it seems that this uh, movement uh, has continued, really. And they're just looking for different ways to grade students, making sure that at least the student is learning the material that's cheap among everything there. So, Valerie, how is this working out? It's an experiment that started in in a number of places well before the pandemic and then was really been spurred on by the pandemic because, as as you said, kids weren't learning. It was very difficult to give grades based on the traditional metrics because kids weren't going through the regular learning process. It's not so much that they're getting rid of the ABCs and Ds and Fs. It's that they are just trying to experiment with what goes into those grades and trying to make them more equitable. For as far as I remember, I went to school a long time ago, and it's still true that most teachers give grades that include behaviors. And behaviors mean or include things like when do you turn in an assignment and offers the opportunity to do extra credit to show motivation and things that don't really show that you know what that you know the material, that you've mastered the material. And for many teachers, what they've realized is that it's inequitable for a lot of kids whose home lives are very difficult, who can't get homework in on time, or for kids who work slower, who kids need more time, kids who need more time to process things and work them through. And what they realized is that putting these behaviors into the grade that's supposed to just show academic progress doesn't really make sense and is inequitable. So the move is to separate the behaviors from that letter grade. And it's also to try to make students own their learning a little bit more instead of always giving them assignments. They have to learn how to give assignments to themselves, uh, give deadlines to themselves so they get things done. It also, these experiments, there's not just one, but there's a number of them, but they also include having students uh, have the opportunity to redo material, to redo tests, to redo papers, so that they actually learn what they're supposed to know. And in some places that have been experimenting with it, they're finding it very, very interesting and successful. And other places are very nervous about trying it. They think that they're going to shortchange kids by not 
you know, instilling in them behaviors that everybody thinks kids should have. So there's a lot of contention about it in districts around the country. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, on that front, right, meeting deadlines, having things done properly, proper formatting, that's stuff that's going to carry over into college where a lot of those rules are stricter even. And in the workplace, right, there are deadlines that need to be met. So I guess some some of the opposition to some of this uh, is that you're not instilling those in the kids with their schoolwork. And so what does this look like in practice? You had an example from a AP teacher, uh, for a teacher that was teaching the AP class. And instead of doing this uh, 100-point scale, which, you know, all the way up to 60 points, right, is a failing grade still, they do something more on a 50-point scale where each uh, you get 10 points for each of the letters, A through F. Uh, you know, so you kind of, there's less of a chance to be an outright fail grade. Well, absolutely. When you think about it, and, um, you know, I went to school a long time ago and never thought about this, but it is kind of crazy for one letter, the F, to have 60 points. So if you are a student who, you know, has trouble with motivation and your first big test is a, you get a 50 on it, that's really hard to come back from. So a kid who doesn't have a lot of motivation might decide they're not even going to try. But a kid who knows that they can go back and try again to learn the material and do better is advantaged by a system that doesn't place so much, that doesn't have that 100-point system and a system that allows you to redo things to show that you know, what you know. The bottom line for teachers is, is that they want kids to learn. And right. so what is the best system to show that they have that they have mastered the material. So, um, yeah, you know, they, they do, so they do of, an interesting thing though, too, it, with some of this, right? Let's say you need to retake an exam or redo an assignment. A lot of this has to do with the teacher kind of meeting with the student one-on-one. Tell me what you did wrong. Tell me that you learned from this. Now you get another crack at the assignment. So I, I, that's an important part of it. At least there's an understanding and you can kind of glean a little more if the student did you know, master the subject, things like that. But that also points to uh, teachers being uh, overworked as well and having needing more time to do a lot of this one-on-one stuff. Absolutely. And that's why a lot of teachers are upset about it, nervous about it, and pushing back against it. A lot of teachers have a lot of students. Class sizes can be very large. And they see that they don't have the time to do so much one-on-one that they would like to do. And they don't have time to remake tests and come up with new assignments. Now, I asked some teachers who have been doing this about that, and they say that can be an issue, but it's also true that they have, they're using the time they spent doing other things, doing this now. So they've learned to sort of change their, their workflow. It also does speak to teachers who say that small class sizes are important. Right. There's that more individualized attention that they get. I mean, all of this is a very interesting concept. And, you know, whatever we can do to make sure that children are learning the subjects, the mastery of the subjects is very important. There's obviously a lot of conversations going on about parents input and teacher input and what the kids are learning. Uh, I mean, it's an ongoing thing. And uh, we'll see if any of these do gain traction. Valerie Strauss, education reporter at The Washington Post. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcast. 
Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.